0: Hello and welcome to the Green Canary. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the election, which won't be a shock, but we're going to zoom right in on Kuyong, where it's almost climate versus economy. It's almost a microcosm of the whole election going on there. We are also going to talk about why the Pacific nations are not so happy happy with australia we're going to be talking about electric vehicles which looks like they're going to be revving up pretty soon we're going to be talking about the new boss of the murray darling basin and one pretty important thing he did not mention the other day whole lot more i'm at Sherwood. i'm here as ever with elfie scott how on earth are you elfie scott
1: i am very well thank you so much and i am tired but I'm pushing through, and I'm very excited for today's episode.
0: That is good. You do a lot. Elfie's writing a book, everybody, and it's nearly due, so please <laughs> please be nice to her. So uh, if I'm
1: slowly falling out of my chair and looking really upset, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's jump into our first story of the week, shall we?
0: Let us talk about the election as we warned. And look, before we do, let's play a game. Let's just lighten things up here. Okay. I want to play election bingo now election bingo is the game you play when you hear those phrases that we all hear during the election and you stamp your card and you go yeah i knew i was going to hear that let's quiz you elfie let's go with hmm every vote
1: counts." every
0: vote counts how often do we hear that
1: <laughs> wait wait so i'm thinking, i'm ending your sentences here i'm yeah, ending you your are. phrase you okay. are you are right, i sure. am
0: in the fight of my
1: career political life oh close, all right close close close, close, close.
0: We hear a lot in election campaigns, but not so much the rest of the time, about the quiet...
1: Australians. The quiet
0: Australians. Yes. Maybe we don't hear about them much because they're so quiet. Anyway, look, are, <laughs> we could go on, but you all know these these phrases. It's too close to call... Dot dot dot. The reason I mention this is Josh Frydenberg trotted out every single one of them on the weekend. <laughs> I could read his uh, the transcript of his launch at his campaign launch in Kuyong, and it basically sounded like uh, election bingo was happening. But look, the federal treasurer Josh Frydenberg, as you would imagine from a treasurer, and 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 the Liberals in this campaign, they've very very clearly planted their flag uh, in 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 on the economy. It was all economy, economy, economy. Um, It was fear of a hung parliament and that a vote for an independent uh, was really a a vote for Labor. Um, It was fear that 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 then meant, I mean, instilling fear in people that that then meant a, a vote for higher taxes, a weaker economy and weaker national security. I'm quoting him there directly. Massive billboards are now across the electorate saying, keep Australia secure, keep Josh,
1: Actually, I don't love keep Josh as a catchphrase, <laughs> I've got to say. I feel like it's a bit lazy.
0: It is, but I think that the word secure is quite clever there because it, it refers both to national security and a secure economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that is the state of Kuyong from the Josh Frydenberg perspective. But on the other side, there's a whole lot going on with the challenge of the independent, one of the teal independents, one of the quite climatey independents, Dr. Monique Ryan, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the reason we want to talk about Koo Young is because it is turning into a really key battleground to keep an eye on. We do have Josh Frydenberg there, who won by a margin of something like 5.7% last time around. So is he safe It's difficult to know yet.
0: Tony Abbott held Warringah by 12%. Oh, there you go. So 5% (laughs) on on that measure is not safe.
1: Right, okay. But he is going up against somebody who is gaining a lot of traction. uh, That is Dr. Monique Ryan. We like to call her doctor because she is the director of neurology at the Royal Children's Hospital. And she's an independent being backed by Climate 200. So she believes very ardently in fighting for climate change and as a Climate 200 candidate, she's also speaking a lot about uh, corruption and improving government integrity. And I think, you know, like I've looked at the policies of the Climate 200 independents and they obviously don't have homogenous climate policy. They're all backed by this same uh, treasure chest. What's, what's it called? A war chest. Yeah. Um, a war chest of Bing, cash. That was
0: the sound of me stamping my card. I know. Yeah, sorry. I was looking for it as well. <laughs> I never have them in my head.
1: Um, so, you know, she, amongst those independents, she does seem to have an a, even more slightly progressive, um, you know, stance on climate. She wants to see emissions reduced by 60% by 2030. And that is actually in line with Zali Stegall's climate change bill. So... You know, like, I think everybody should be keeping an eye on Koo Yong and what happens. But you had an interesting point about Josh Frydenberg in general before. And we were talking about his, like, palatability.
0: Well, he, I think he is quite his a... as pal- palatability is a word. Well, he is quite a, he's a palatable, I think that's a good word. He's a palatable character. I mean, you know, when Tony Abbott bit the onion... It's almost a phrase like jumping the shark, because he did kind of jump the shark. I think in a lot of people's minds, when he bit the onion, Mm. when he bit the onion, which I think was back in about two thousand and fifteen, I think a lot of people, you know, he won an election after that. But I think from that point on, a lot of people started thinking him not quite as your everyday Australian, but but as an unusual piece of fruit, you know. (laughs) And I don't think Josh Frydenberg has any of that at all. He he seems quite likable. He seems. Drink beer withable or mm. or have a coffee with kind of guy. Uh, drink beer withable is is my newest uh, submission to the Macquarie Dictionary for word of the year, <laughs> and and I just feel um, that it's it's going to be tough um, for for Dr Ryan, popular and articulate though she is, to unseat someone of uh, Frydenberg's likability. And stature.
1: Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree with that. Although Frydenberg did put his foot in it over the weekend at his campaign launch when he took a swipe at Dr. Ryan's uh, mother-in-law by saying that she was planning on voting Liberal. And, you know, he's been... Rightly criticised for that, um, but yeah, I think it's just worth keeping an eye on that particular electorate in the next couple of weeks as we ramp up towards the goddamn federal election. Oh,
0: the goddamn election! And and just one more thing on that on that seat. I mean, we we did see a massive free kick. I mean, it was the free kick of all time given by Courier Mail, Herald Sun, uh, Sunday Telegraph, all around the country. Uh, Frydenberg's campaign launch was the splash. It was the front page mm. on the News court papers. So right. they're giving him every bit of help he can get. Right now, the bookie's odds aren't everything, but they have him a favourite, but only slightly. So we shall see whether climate in the inner city, as it did in Warringah, Trump's the uh, well-known incumbent.
1: Yeah, who knows if they're going to keep Josh after all. All right. Now to our next story. We are going to talk about the Pacifica Climate Change Pre-Election Forum that happened late last week in Western Sydney. So basically this was a meeting of the Pacific Elders Voice Group um, as well as several other stakeholders. And they were talking about uh, Australia's relationship specifically with the Pacific Nations, specifically with the Pacific. I want to say that again three (laughs) times. Um, Basically to do with climate change and the fact that Australia's inaction on climate change is something that has led to the degradation of our relationship with certain Pacific nations. do you want to talk about some yes. interesting quotes that we got out of this? Because I think it's really fascinating.
0: Well, look, the reason we are covering a um, what was ostensibly a low-key, not very well covered by the media meeting at Penrith Panthers footy club in Western Sydney, is because I think one of the quotes of the year came out of it um, from a from a Lidcombe Uniting Church minister. And please excuse my Pacifica pronunciation, but I'll do my best. I believe he was called Uili uh, Sony and he accused Australia's government of being missing in action on climate. Uh, it, look, the, the, the quote goes on and on and on, but but the um, the point is uh, a very strong connection was drawn between China setting up a base in the Solomon Islands, and you know islands. And, and Australia's climate inaction mm. in the Pacific. I mean, as you know, um, w- we have a terrible history. We even belittle the Pacific, didn't we? Wasn't it, wasn't it Dutton?
1: Yeah, back in 2015, wasn't it? When yeah. they were in Port Moresby, it was Abbott, Dutton and Morrison. And they laughed about a joke that Dutton made about water lapping at their doors <laughs> due to sea level rise. Yeah. So it's not like we've always had the most empathetic outlook on the Pacific neighbours that we should uh, absolutely be respecting and working with. And... You know, I think it's worth noting that at this particular meeting, uh, Mafalfow said that he'd spoken to the LNP and asked them to join, but they were a complete no-show. The only person who turned up uh, was Chris Bowen, um, only politician, but no members of the government were there. So it is incredibly disappointing and I think a very uh, sort of profound demonstration of how little the government is paying attention to these sort of issues. And
0: that is why Mafalfow said that... that, um you know, that is why uh, the island nations are looking elsewhere, are looking mm. beyond Australia, not just for climate solutions, but for security solutions. Yeah. And well, climate it,
1: change is security, it isn't is, it? It is.
0: It is. And if we're not going to be good diplomats in our region, then people are going to look for other ones. So climate is, it's it's so much more than warming, isn't it, Elfie? That's what this mm. is an example about. It's a food issue. It's a... It's a stability. It's a regional stability issue. It'll be a refugee issue. It'll be a 100 different issues. Got to be taken seriously.
1: I think that's such a fantastic and mm. And now we would like to talk again about electric vehicles like we do every other week. I don't know why we're <laughs> so obsessed with them. But can you please talk to me about Labor's plan?
0: Well, they're going to have one. They have a plan. They have a plan. <laughs> they I'm have a plan. Ex- I'm very excited. <laughs> ex- look. The Coalition has a plan as well. They have the Future Fund. Uh, What's it called? The Future Fuels Fund. I think they allocated late last year $250 million towards, you know, investment in this sort of stuff. Labor had its policy launch federally in Perth yesterday. It more or less doubled uh, the Future Fuels Fund. And part of that is the uh, Driving the Nation Fund. Mm -hmm. Under that fund, there's going to be an EV charger Pretty much everywhere across the country. So Labor is saying we are going to put EV chargers out there, go and drive from Broome to Broken Hill and <laughs> Bega and some other Bernie in Tasmania and <laughs> just keep the, you know.
1: I don't know if you could make it to Tasmania just in a car unless you get the ferry. put on the ferry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> say
0: some more B-towns. B Birdsville. I'm trying to say one in every state. Um, <laughs> Murray Bridge in South Australia, that's half a B-town. So, look. This this is what Labor is doing. It is taking electric vehicles seriously. We have come in three years a long way from they're going to take your utes and your weekends. Mm. They are actually putting this out there. And uh, what do you think?
1: I mean, I think it's fantastic. And I also haven't told you this yet, Ant, but mm. I am thinking about buying a hybrid vehicle for mm. the first time. Yep. It's very scary. But, I mean, things like that, like things like this plan give me a little bit more security in that decision as well. And it does make me feel a little bit more confident about that idea.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and, and you know, there are already, as we've discussed, you say we discuss this every couple of weeks, there are state incentives. We spoke earlier this year about the ACT government putting mm. all sorts of financial incentives to, to EV uptake. But, you know, look, we know they're more expensive. We hope they'll be cheaper in the, in the future, the cars themselves. But you could, you could say, look, I'll sell you this 50K car for 35K. You can have a big subsidy. Uh, I'm still not interested until I know I can drive to the snow where I go or Melbourne or somewhere and be confident of there being charging points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a completely fair idea. And you know what, something that Labor did say when they were announcing this was that, you know, people who live in metropolitan areas, they can be fairly confident in their lifestyle if they have an electric vehicle. It's completely sweet for them. But, you know, you and I have looked at a Google map of EV charging stations before mm. and once you get up to the central coast and once mm. you get down to the south coast, they do peter out very quickly.
0: You are about done, ski there. Alright, well let's talk about the south coast or area Areas nearby, as we transition into mulch, our little bits at the end of the week. And there's been a bit of an advancement, hasn't there, Elfie, on the um, lend lease development in the south of Sydney? They are building 5,000 homes near Campbelltown. We were worried about that from a koalas perspective. Should we still be worried?
1: Apparently, yes. (laughs) So there was a fantastic article in the SMH uh, last week talking about uh, this Lend-Lease development and how it seems to have changed over time. So, you know, the development was first supposed to be a a low-density development, but that's now changed to a medium-density development with a commercial zone. And there is also concern that the plans that Lend-Lease included included Which had things like uh, koala underpasses and corridors may not actually. Happening uh, along with that development, so it is it's it's fairly worrying, especially when you consider that they're healthy koalas and there's only 500 of them. We got to look after them. Honestly, we talk about koalas every other week as well, and basically what it comes down to is yes, you can pour as much money into this as humanly possible, but it's never going to do much unless you're actually protecting the habitat.
0: Protect habitat, habitat, habitat. So this land lease thing's going to happen. Not much we can do about that. Let's just hope it happens in the right way. Meanwhile, just a quick other story in the ABC related to this. Um, um, they found koalas in the area they didn't know they had them in the Heathcote National Park, which is very close to Campbelltown. I must say, I went for a bushwalk about um, 10 days ago in the Heathcote National Park on mm. one of the public holiday Mondays. Um, and so it can't be 10 days ago because it's seven days from a Monday, it being <laughs> Monday. But, but you know, recently, uh, all I saw was leeches. Oh, my God. Can you cope with leeches?
1: Yeah, they're fine. I can live oh, with them.
0: You're stronger than me. I, I squeal. <laughs> Uh, like an absolute child when I was covered in <laughs> leeches. I didn't enjoy it at all. I do enjoy koala zone. it's good they found some down there. Let's keep as many as we can. What else is going on, Elfie?
1: Right. Okay, let's talk about the Murray-Darling Basin, shall we? Because there has been interesting news this week about the new chief executive who has just been appointed. He's come in and he has sent out an all-staff memo that outlines his new approach to the role, And unfortunately, staff are reporting that that memo completely failed to mention the environment, which seems slightly strange for somebody who's in charge of water, which sits in an environment.
0: Someone who's in charge of the biggest drainage basin in Australia. And, you know, the whole reason the Murray-Darling Basin Authority was set up was not to protect the rights of farmers. It was to go, hey, yeah, sure, we need to do that, but we need to manage the water in a sustainable way. It's ecosystems. Ecosystems. We need to consult with the original landholders, i.e. the indigenous people of Australia. You know, this this was just a very businessy uh, first memo to the company from Andrew McConville, the new chief executive of the Murray-Darling Basin Authority, who used to be a lobbyist for the petrol industry. Mm. So good on you, Andrew. I'm sure you're a terrific bloke. Just think a bit more about the environment, mate, and we'll all get along fine.
1: <laughs> sure. And okay, to wrap up today, I am going to bring you a weird story because I thought that we needed just like a weird science story in the yeah, mix here. Go on. Okay, apparently, there are these two teams of astronomers who are planning to send out messages to space to try and communicate with any intelligent life forms who may be out there listening. And I read this really fantastic article by a man called Chris Impey. I believe, from Mm. the University of Arizona. And he was talking about, you know, uh, attempts to speak to intelligent life forms out in the universe. And he said there are two options, basically. You know, you either uh, go searching for them, which is what we've done with probes in the past, to go and have a look and see what's out there. Or you send a message from Earth. And he compared it to basically like burning a message in a forest to try and get somebody to come and rescue you. So What
0: works? What's the best method?
1: I don't know because there aren't aliens who have spoken to us yet. I hope. Well, I'm (laughs)
0: glad someone's looking for intelligent life out there because, uh, look, covering this election, uh, we ain't seen too much (laughs) of it down here.
1: (laughs) And, look, people are very critical of this uh, because we uh, don't know. know, We don't know what's out there. Even Stephen Hawking said, don't do it. Like, just stop sending messages. We don't want aliens to know we're here.
0: Yeah, no, I feel like I was paraphrasing... um, The the, uh, Monty Python song, actually. Pray that there's intelligent life somewhere up in space.
1: Because there's bugger Uh, all down here on Earth. There it is. Yep. All right. Well, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And before we head off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We'd like to pay our respect to Elders past and present, as well as extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today.
0: Very beautifully said, as ever Elfie and I'd just like to acknowledge that I didn't sing those lyrics earlier I spoke them uh and well, therefore we probably get copyrighted <laughs> saved, so, yeah, there's that but I saved everyone's eardrums that's the most important part uh <laughs> and look just quickly um say hello to us on twitter a lot of you did last week it was great we are at green canary pod we're out there on insta uh, at green canary media you can find us there and please subscribe to our newsletter i think i might have threatened some of you and that seemed to work oh, last yeah, week you did, but, didn't you? but yeah. I'll, I'll i'll go the polite method i'll go look if you want the best uh of the week's green news delivered into your inbox by a professional writer brackets me uh who tries not to be boring uh but comprehensive at the same time please email hello at co. you will join many, many hundreds of other people. We're about to hit a 1,000, which is good because I have a target of a 1,000 very soon coming up, but we're, we're going to hit it.
1: Well done. And
0: we'll go beyond that soon as well. So hello at thegreencanary.co for your newsletter. Thank you and
1: bye. Bye.